Being a Christian is a matter of belonging. Here's Pastor Trent Griffith. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So if you belong to Christ, you belong to the Spirit. It happens simultaneously. You have all of the Holy Spirit you are ever going to have if you are regenerate. The question is not, do you have the Holy Spirit? The question is, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. The Christian life is far from boring. In fact, it's amazingly exciting. Think about it. The true believer in Jesus has been freed from the power of sin. The true believer has a new, good, kind, and loving master, Jesus himself. The true believer has been transferred from darkness into light, given new life, and has been adopted into God's family. And one very exciting thing is that the true believer now has God himself living in him or her. And God, the Holy Spirit, gives us the power we need to obey. He's our helper. What could be more exciting than that? So that's why the name of this series that we're in here on Resonate is Help. And last week, we heard how we can cry out, Holy Spirit, help. I need to be saved. Today, we'll cover a few highlights from the beginning of Pastor Trent's message and then hear the conclusion. Here's Pastor Trent. We're going to look at five things the Holy Spirit does in us to secure our salvation. Here's the first thing. The Holy Spirit convicts me. The Holy Spirit convicts me. You've got your Bibles open to Titus chapter 3. Look back up here at uh, verse 3. Before we look at that, I'll remind you of a verse that we looked at last week in John chapter 16. Jesus said that as our helper, when the Holy Spirit comes, He, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit convicts me. What does he convict me of? Well, we find some of those things here in Titus chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. This is what it says. It says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. Does that sound like your week? Was that the way that your week went? I mean, aren't you glad you came to church this morning? What a discouraging list. And yet, for every person that has experienced the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, it all starts with the Holy Spirit convicting me that I am foolish. I am disobedient. I have been led astray. I am a slave to passions and pleasures. I am passing my days with malice and envy, and I feel hated by others, and I am certainly hating, every, I'm hating life. That is a work of the Holy Spirit to convince you of that. But then, verse four, but when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared. The word appeared is an incredibly powerful word. It means at one point, 
I couldn't see it. My eyes were closed. I was blind to it. And yet, because of a merciful act of the Holy Spirit, he's opened my eyes to the goodness and loving kindness of God. Now, I think we could probably all vote God good, God bad. I think we'd all probably give God a thumbs up on good. But it is absolute goodness. It is complete moral perfection. It is perfect holiness. As a matter of fact, God is so good, why would he have anything to do with you? I'm completely separated from him because he is good, I am not. I'll never be good enough. But not only is he good, he's loving and kind, which means he shows love and kindness to people who aren't good. And it's the Holy Spirit that makes that appear to me. So first of all, he convicts me of my badness, then he convinces me of God's goodness, and then the Holy Spirit regenerates me. He regenerates me. We see it here in verse 5. It's the verse we've looked at. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So often, we think that the way to a relationship with God is to work in such a way that God would approve. You want to go to heaven? Got to work really hard. It's worth the work. Got to work. Got to go to church. Got to give some money. Be nice. Don't kick your dog. Be nice. And somehow that, that, that will kind of qualify you for heaven. It's not anywhere found in the Bible. As a matter of fact, the Bible says completely the opposite, that you are completely dependent upon a mercy of God to wash you. The way to heaven is not by working. The way to heaven is by washing. Another thing I did yesterday, Andrea said, um, I need you to get the rust stains off the house. Now, I just thought though that was part of the decoration of the house, but apparently our sprinklers in the front yard, they spray dirty water on the house and it kind of coats the house with this orange slimy. Is this just my house or is this your house too? Does anybody have anything? I could come to your house and I, I, I have the secret. I found the solution. It's called oxalic acid. You spray that on there and I mean in 20 minutes, it's just gone. You have to scrub it. Now, what oxalic acid does for rust stains the blood of Jesus does for sin stains. And when you realize you are stained with envy and hate and disobedience, you realize the only way that's coming off is not by working, it comes off by washing. The washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The most obvious example in the Bible of someone who was regenerated was a guy named Nick Odemus. Nick Odemus in John chapter 3 was having a conversation with Jesus. Now it's interesting, it says Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, maybe because he didn't want 
all of his religious fathead friends to know he was actually talking to Jesus. Now, Nicodemus was one of the most religious guys around. I mean, in the house of God every week, on the staff, on the payroll, knew the Bible, taught the Bible, and one of the most religious guys on the scene, Jesus said this to him. He said, Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Want to go to heaven? Want to be a part of God's kingdom? Want to claim God as your king? The only way for that to happen is for you to have a spiritual birthday, to be born again. Some of you have come to church since nine months before you were born. You went to vacation Bible school. You've got a head filled with Bible knowledge. You've prayed a prayer. You've signed a card. You've raised your hand. You've come forward an invitation. You've gone through the waters of baptistry. The question is this. Did you do all of that in the flesh? That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do you have a spiritual birthday where the Holy Spirit has convicted you of sin, you've responded in faith and repentance, and because the Spirit has blown on your life, you're now moving in a different direction. Do you have a spiritual birthday? Do you know when it is? You don't have to know the day and the hour, maybe the way that you know your physical birthday, but you should be able to look at your life and say, I was going this way, and then the Holy Spirit started blowing me that way. That's repentance. And until or unless you can identify that point, and again, you don't have to know the day and the hour, but you do need to know you've had a spiritual birthday. Because unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Serious is a heart attack. Have you been born again? Do you have a spiritual birthday? If you have not yet been born again, you will not enter the kingdom of God. I want you to enter the kingdom of God. So I want you to be born again. As a matter of fact, if you've never been born again, if you've never had a work of the Holy Spirit produce spiritual life in you, if all you've done is church in the flesh, baptism in the flesh, confirmation in the flesh, Bible knowledge in the flesh, ministering, pastoring in the flesh, you can be born again right now. As a matter of fact, everybody bow your heads. We're not finished, but this is as good a time as any to be born again. If the Holy Spirit has been blowing on your heart and there is any inclination in you to say, you know what? I've been foolish, disobedient, lost, envious, 
All of those things are the wind of the Holy Spirit convicting you that you need a savior and you need a spiritual birth. Just open up your heart and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross. Holy Spirit, thank you for opening my eyes to your goodness and your loving kindness. I've been foolish. Tell him that. I've been disobedient. I'm a slave to my passions and pleasures. And there is nothing I can do in righteousness to wash that away. Would you come and wash me by your blood? Grant me spiritual life. Help me never to be ashamed of you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm the only one looking around. But if you just prayed that prayer, would you just slip your hand in the air real quick? I just want to be happy for a minute. Thanks. Thanks, 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 thanks. All right, hands down. Everybody look back up here. Okay, I saw like seven or eight hands, which means there's seven or eight people that just had a spiritual birthday. They're going to share it together. Awesome. Now, you would think, okay, so I guess we're done. It's kind of early. It's like, no, we're not done. This is the best part. It's just getting started here. Because do you know what happens after the Holy Spirit regenerates you? The Holy Spirit baptizes you. The Holy Spirit baptizes me. Now, let's look at this word baptism here. I want to show it to you because Jesus talked about baptism and the Holy Spirit together. Now, this is John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, that tells us what happens to regenerate people. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. So John the Baptist, get it? Baptist, baptizing. Yeah, so he, in order for people to like make a change, he was like, take them down into the, the water and he would dunk them and they would come back up. And that was kind of the sign that they were making a change. And so John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but listen, he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Who's he talking about? his cousin, Jesus, and it says, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, and he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Do you see the difference? John's using water, Jesus is using fire. How many of you would rather sign up for John's baptism, okay? <laughs> Like, wait, now wait, now Jesus is going to like set me on fire. He's speaking of the refining, purifying fire that the Holy Spirit does. Now that we are regenerate, do you know what he does? He burns away all of these sinful habits in our life. And for the rest of our life, he's going to be purifying and changing us. He's going to baptize us. He says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So when does that happen? Well, we find out the fulfillment of that was actually... 50 days after Jesus' resurrection in, in a Jewish holiday called Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and now the, it changed the whole ministry of the Holy Spirit from a spirit that rests on people to a spirit that dwells in people. You see the word baptized there? Interesting word. Let me give you a little lesson in language here. Um, you know that the Bible was originally, the New Testament was written in Greek. The people that wrote it, wrote it in Greek. How many of you speak Greek? 
No, me either. So are you grateful that there are some people that speak Greek and English and translated the words into English? I'm grateful for that. How many of you speak English? Kind of. All right. Yeah. So we've got an English translation of our Bible. So what they would do is they would translate the Greek words into the English words. And now we can read the English Bible. But do you know what they did when they got to the Greek word baptizo? Instead of translating it, they transliterated it. In other words, they created a new English word, baptize, that sounds a lot like the Greek word, baptizo. Why did they do that? I have no idea, but I wish that they would have just used the word immerse, engulf, saturate, plunge. All of those would have been great English words to translate what this Greek word means, okay? So let me illustrate. You've seen this illustration before, but when, when you are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, do you know what he does? He baptizes you. This is what he does. He just plunges you right in to the Holy Spirit. Now, um, how many of you as parents have had the privilege of teaching your, your young children how to swim? Have you, have you done this? You put the little floaties on them, you know, and they're walking out there and, and they just float around. There's no way they can sink, you know. And you're right there to, to you know, towel dry every little water droplet off of their little face and you're so careful. We don't want them to to go under the water. And if it does, we want to make sure that they have little pluggy things on their nose and the goggles on their eyes. How many of you, like me, like when your dad was there to teach you how to swim, he just like picked you up and threw you in the deep end of the pool. Anybody? Am I the only one? And we survived. It's amazing. We survived this, right? Do you know what my dad did with me? He baptized me. That's what it means. It means to plunge you into the deep end. That's all it means. We try to make this word baptism so mysterious and everything. It just means to immerse. It means to plunge. And when you are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, you are plunged into all that the Spirit has for you. There's, there's some bad teaching in certain churches that teach you that you are regenerated by the Holy Spirit at one point in your life. And if you're really good, super Christian like special person, then later you get the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not the teaching of the Bible at all. Once you are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You are plunged into, saturated with the Holy Spirit. The Bible also teaches this. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So if you belong to Christ... You belong to the Spirit. It happens simultaneously. You have all of the Holy Spirit you are ever going to have if you are regenerate. The question is not, do you have the Holy Spirit? The question is, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? And the longer that you have the Holy Spirit the more the Holy Spirit has of you as you grow in Christ and take advantage of being plunged into the Holy Spirit. Here's the fourth thing the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit fills me. In Ephesians 5.18, the Apostle Paul says, do not get drunk with wine. 
but be filled with the Spirit. The first part of the verse is an illustration. It's a word picture. It's like, remember the last time you got drunk? Remember that? Remember you did some things and said some things that you would never have done if you were not under the influence of the wine. Well, he says, that, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. But you should be, can be, and will be filled with the Spirit so that you will do some things and say some things that you never would be able to do if you weren't under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible teaches there's one baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there are many fillings of the Holy Spirit. You know how we plunge this towel in here? We baptize this towel. The towel's you. And here's what you do all week long. You leak. You leak through sinning. You leak through serving. But we constantly need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is what happens all week long. It's like the world rings you out. Trying to raise those children. Trying to own a dog. <laughs> Trying to witness to your neighbor trying to love your husband. And what do you have to do? So that we can do it again. And so there's one baptism, but there's many fillings. Every day we have to pray, God, would you fill me up? I leak. The Holy Spirit fills me. And then finally, the Holy Spirit secures me. People ask the question all the time, can you lose your salvation? A better way to ask that question is this. Does the Holy Spirit ever stop saving me? Does this Holy Spirit ever stop securing me? If you read the New Testament, what you find is that the Holy Spirit secures me. If you could lose your salvation, you would. If it was up to you to keep yourself saved, no chance. It's the Holy Spirit that secures me. Jesus was teaching on this, and he teaches that the Holy Spirit draws me in John chapter 6. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. You know what great news that is? If you want to come to Jesus, if you want to be regenerated, he says, come on, I'm not going to cast you out. Whoever wants to come to me, I will never cast out. Then he says this in verse 39, and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given to me. So if you come, he's not ever going to lose you. Like, where did... Where did I put Trent? I don't know where, where did he go? What's he doing today? No, he's actively involved in keeping me saved. And then in verse 44, he says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. So the Holy Spirit draws me. The Holy Spirit seals me. At the point of regeneration, notice what the Holy Spirit does. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, that's the moment of regeneration, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Your 
salvation is sealed and guaranteed by the promised Holy Spirit. He not only saves me, he keeps saving me. I need to be saved every day. He never stops. It's sealed, it's guaranteed, and then he assures me. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Question. You've sat here for the last 45 minutes. The Spirit's been blowing through this congregation. Is your spirit bearing witness with God's Spirit that you are a child of God? Or have you been sitting here feeling really awkward, wondering, questioning, doubting, Listen, if you are secured by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is assuring you in this moment that you're a child of God. And if you're not and you don't have the assurance, that's the wind of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, don't tuck this away, take those notes home and say, I'm glad I'm gonna process this through the week. And, and I might later on somehow decide I'll be born again. That's not the way it works, folks. If the Spirit has blown upon your heart this morning and you don't respond, what guarantee do you have the Holy Spirit's ever gonna blow again? It is the free will of the Spirit that regenerates you. And it is a merciful act if the Spirit has spoken and He's bearing witness with your spirit right now. And if you don't respond, you may never get another chance. Well, what about you? I don't know you. I can't even see you, but God knows you. He sees you. And maybe you felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit today. Maybe you've realized that what's missing in your life, it's the friendship and the help of God. So don't let another moment go by without stopping and responding. And if you're driving, maybe you just need to pull over so you can pray without distraction. But cry out to God. Tell Him you need Him. Tell Him you want to turn away from your sin and toward Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit for His help in living your life in a way that honors God. And then get in touch with other Jesus followers who can pray for you and give you the support that you need in your new relationship with God. If you already attend a good church, that's great. Reach out to mature Christians. And if you don't have a church home, why don't you look for one today? Find a church where God's word is taught unapologetically and where Jesus is held high and where you can grow spiritually. You know, Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana is just that kind of church. We're not perfect, but we serve God wholeheartedly. And you're more than welcome to join us for a worship service soon. For more information about service times and locations, just go to harvestgranger.org. Again, that's harvestgranger.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook by searching for Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Well, next week on Resonate, Pastor Trent compares you to a branch we'll look at how the Holy Spirit helps us bear fruit. 
Thanks for listening today. And if you stopped and prayed and gave your life to God today, would you let us know? Just go to harvestgranger.org slash resonate and send us a message from that page. Well, I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's word would resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel, Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.